0: You're listening to Impulse to Innovation. The Institution of Mechanical Engineers podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Helen Mees. As a global community of mechanical engineers with over 120,000 members in 140 countries, the Institution of Mechanical Engineers has been at the heart of the engineering profession since 1847. The institution's mission is to improve the world through engineering by sharing the latest news, views and insight into the creative world of technology and the people that make it happen. The T-level was initially mooted back in 2017 by the British government as a new unified technical qualification which would replace the existing BTEC and simplify vocational education routes. After several years of development, the Department for Education launched the T-Level in 2020 with the aim of enabling students to directly enter employment on completion of a programme in Further Education or 6-1 College. The unique aspect of the T-Level is that the courses have been developed in collaboration with employers and education providers so that the content meets the needs of industry and prepares students for entry into skilled employment and apprenticeship Or related technical study in further or higher education. The T level is a two-year course which can be taken after GCSEs and is broadly equivalent in size to three A levels. It offers students practical and knowledge-based learning and on-the-job experience through an industry placement of approximately 45 days. The first 16 have now been launched and all 24 T levels will be available by 2024. Under the Engineering & Manufacturing T-Level banner, there are three to choose from. Design & Development for Engineering & Manufacturing, Maintenance, Installation Repair for Engineering & Manufacturing, and Engineering, Manufacturing, Process & Control. To find out more about what this new vocational training programme would mean for the engineering industry, I spoke with Chartered Engineers Lydia Amarquay, Professional Development and Education Policy Advisor for the IMechE, and Andrew Liversey, Consultant, Further Education Lecturer and Author of T-Level Engineering, Technology, Manufacture and Maintenance. Lydia works with key stakeholders outside the IMACI to identify gaps in the educational landscape which could help address workforce challenges and equip engineers with the right skills for a successful career. She also works with the Education and Skills Strategy Board to develop the institution's strategic direction in education. Andrew is an experienced company director, as well as having authored several engineering textbooks. He is passionate about STEM education and lectures at Ashford College in Kent. In 2018, he was part of the employer-led panel set up by the government to develop the T-levels in engineering. In the first half of this episode, I spoke with Lydia about how the IMechE was working with industry to ensure they understood the value of the T-levels. In the second half, Andrew talks with me about the importance of creating a flexible vocational qualification in engineering for young people and what he hoped the T-level would bring to the workplace. Hey Lydia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. It's great to have you on the show. I, I just wanted to start by, I suppose, starting with an obvious question really, but what are the T levels and how do they sit alongside existing qualifications such as the BTECs and HNDs and A levels? Hi Helen, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me again. Um, So T-Levels, in
1: a nutshell, are um, new technical qualifications that sit alongside A-Levels. They've been developed alongside employers and industry to ensure that students can get the knowledge and skills they need to progress into uh, further education. Once a learner has completed a T-Level, they can go on to higher education or choose the technical route, um, such as an apprenticeship as well. So T levels only apply in England for the moment. um, So there are still vocational pathways available for the rest of the devolved nations.
0: Okay, why have these T levels been introduced? Because t- surely, as you've just described, we have a lot of routes for young people to take through education. What was what's the kind of reasoning behind this? Um, so, I think
1: the government felt that there were there were too many routes. Um, as as you said, there are <laughs> there are a lot of routes. This this has been introduced to actually simplify the the routes uh, to employment, essentially. Right. Uh, so so the three the three routes going forward will be. A level, T level, and an apprenticeship. Okay. The BTEC will no longer be available for those subjects that are that overlap with T levels. So actually, that route has been removed. I think this does play quite a heavy part for engineering, especially, um, and and there are other subjects that are affected because the the BTEC does provide the technical understanding for certain subjects, and so that's that's I think that's why the government have decided that actually a T level will do that and the usp of a t level is that they have to do a 45 day placement as part of their their learning right. so there is that link to industry from the offset
0: okay so some of the existing courses will be amalgamated some will kind of disappear altogether and they'll come now under this umbrella of the t level or you will do a more traditional apprenticeship route that that kind of sums it up right <laughs>
1: Yes, that's correct. Um, So yeah, you will have as as part of the course, you cover the maths and science uh, parts that you need, as well as having some practical experience as well. So there will be an employer set project, uh, you'll also have your placement, and then you'll also have exams as part of the two year programme.
0: Okay, sounds like the sort of thing I would have really enjoyed doing actually, when I was uh, thinking about taking my A level. So this sounds like a great opportunity for many young people who are uh, perhaps more... More practically minded, more focused that way, and achieve better in those sort of circumstances than perhaps the more traditional, the theory route through kind of A levels. So that sounds really exciting.
1: <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think it does also give an appreciation for the workplace as well. Um, yeah. So you almost know what you're going into once you you enter the world of work.
0: Yeah, true. The government launched the T-Levels back in 2020. And obviously, with COVID and with other things, it's taken a while, I guess, to get these curriculums and, and the schools themselves being prepared uh, for taking these on. But the first intake started last year, I believe, and, and will be continued to roll out over the next two to three years. Is that right? Well, yeah, actually the T the levels, um, the engineering and manufacturing
1: T levels started last academic year. Right. But the um, there have been other subjects that T levels have been launched for, such as uh, healthcare and construction. So they've been going for a few years now. And actually some uh, T level completers, I, th- I think the first cohort completed the T Level last year, and um, so they they're kind of being tracked to see what they've gone on to do, and actually understanding the success of the T level route um, in itself, Um, and actually the engineering manufacturing is not the end of that as well. So I think agriculture and a few others will be launching in the coming years as well. So it's kind of I think engineering manufacturing was uh, part of wave three, and then there's wave four, and I think there is uh, a plan to continue uh, assessing uh, where there are other vocations where T-levels can be introduced for the future as well. So this is actually the start of the journey. Yeah. Um, but also, as you say, um, there, there were sort of issues of embedding it um, due to COVID. Um, so at that point, there was uh, an incentive for employers to um, take on T-level students. Um, and I think that's been assessed to see if actually this is a, a benefit for the b- businesses and, and, and something that they will consider.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess it's something that's going to take a little while, isn't it, before it sort of settles into kind of business as usual. The, f- the first cohort that goes through are always going to be the guinea pigs, I suppose, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's the same we had with BTECs. And and I think that's kind of the hesitation with industry at the moment, because we've kind of settled with BTECs. We know what, what they are. We know what they provide. We know the kind of people that um, will be completing them. And we kind of prepare the route. For them going forward, so there is there is still a lot of work to do um, for the T level to make sure it has the same grounding and is embedded in a, in a similar fashion.
0: Yeah. Now, you mentioned a few of the T levels there. there. There are quite a few options from what I've seen of the great big sheet that the, the government have put out with all of the different courses on. What are the relevant ones to us, particularly in the engineering world?
1: Um, so within sort of the engineering and manufacturing T level, there are actually three sort of specialisms that um, you can go into. So that's the okay. design and development. And then there's maintenance, installation and repair. Um, and the third route is manufacturing process and control. Um, so each provider can decide which of those specialisms they, they'll they be teaching at their college, and then they sort of get themselves equipped with relevant teachers and equipment that's required to teach that module. Um, I think there are others as well. So within the healthcare space, there, there are sort of medical engineering type of, uh, work. And then within the construction as well, there are some relevant things for engineers. I, I think overall, the engineering manufacturing is probably the one that's of most interest to sort of the imac yeah. And its members.
0: Yeah, certainly. It does come to mind actually, you know, that are, are we are there going to be enough teachers to be able to do this? I'm guessing that a lot of the teachers that'll have taught BTECs and things and apprenticeships over the years will be porting themselves and learning these new curricula so that they can they can teach these modules. But I guess that throws up quite an interesting issue that we we're going to need quite a lot of very practical teachers to be able to take on this teaching really.
1: Yeah absolutely and I think teaching and uh, teachers with the knowledge of engineering is actually quite a big problem. Uh, We have Mm -hmm. within sort of the other work that I do as uh, education policy advisor this is quite a big topic for us. We have lack of teachers teaching design and technology, we have lack of teachers doing teaching physics Um, but as you say this does provide an opportunity for those who were teaching BTECs to kind of upskill themselves uh, and almost um, sort of almost pivot to to teaching the the T level.
0: Yeah,
1: but I think as as part of that as well, we've we've kind of got a responsibility as industry to support that learning as well. So I've been doing some work with the Education Training Foundation, okay. who are working to link uh, providers with industry, so that those providers and teachers have a, a better understanding of industry and what's actually happening in the field now. So that allows them to upskill themselves and to keep abreast of sort of new technologies and and what actually is happening in industry and that that keeps them relevant for for what they're teaching as well.
0: Yeah and I guess one of the things we can do through this podcast too is is encourage some of our members if they're looking for a change of career there's great opportunities in teaching and educating the next generation of engineers isn't there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've um we as part of the uh, PEIs we launched a, a scheme with Royal Academy and IET and a few others called Engineers Teach Physics um, and that's a DfE funded project. So, I suppose we'll put the link in the, with the podcast absolutely for anyone who's interested in that.
0: Yeah, most definitely we'll make sure that that's that's in the in the show notes. How is the engineering community taken to the introduction of these Training programs have have employers embraced this whole idea of T levels, or are they struggling to accommodate them?
1: I think it goes back to what we said at the start of this podcast. Really, another thing. Um, so I think is uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, that's that's probably the the first thing to recognise that actually, yes, we are introducing something else that employers have to get themselves ready for, but also recognising that we are sort of expecting quite a few things from employers. So whether it's a work placement, or whether it's uh, graduate placement. We're now saying, oh, please, please have a T-level placement for uh, forty-five to sixty days in the in the year as well. Um, so. I think it's it's taken a while for for employers to actually grasp what's what the requirement for them is as well. What what can they do with a T-level learner, and what are the health and safety implications? Yeah. But we do also have the right things in place. Some companies do take on apprentices from, uh, sixteen. So actually, the health and safety implications are pretty much the same uh, in that regard. And so the the employer can provide the the sort of the same. Uh, level of support as they do for sort of their, their first year apprenticeships, for example. But I, I think also there is, yeah, we do need to provide more guidance for, for employers about what kind of tasks a T-level learner can um, perform. Um, so myself, I'm working with Royal Academy and Engineering UK and DFE to actually create some task profiles. Okay. Um, and that kind of gives a more understanding of the kind of jobs that a T-level learner is is supposed to be able to To complete, Because this is more than just work experience. Yeah. Um, And I think that's really important that we recognise that. So they're not just kind of there to see the workplace, even though that's a massive part of it. We want them to be the future of the workforce. So they need to know that this is what they're going into and this is what the world of work looks like. But we also want them to make a meaningful contribution and also for almost the the employer to see that this could be uh, somebody for uh, future employment for them as well. So it's almost like a slightly extended interview in, in that case as well. <laughs> yeah. We really want to see T levels as kind of the future workforce. So the future people coming into the workforce and this is their first experience of that. Um, so yeah, we want to do everything we can to make sure employers have the right tools to be able to support that as well.
0: Do you think then that there is an overlap? You, you kind of touched on it there that in terms of, of assessing the risks in, in the workplace for these young people to come in and do T levels it's very similar to that of, at, say an apprenticeship scheme is there an overlap there between the two or will a student who's done a t-level kind of then go into an apprenticeship kind of rolling on from the t-level
1: yeah yeah absolutely I think there, there definitely is a um, overlap and um, so we're actually doing some work to actually understand where these overlaps appear and then um, how employers can then take on these T-level learners into sort of a higher apprenticeship or the standard apprenticeship and how that can sort of lead on to professional registration as EngTech. So there are definitely right. some parts of the T-level are covered as part of a, an apprenticeship as well. It's obviously not in the same way, but there are definitely parts that can can be applied um, to, to an apprenticeship.
0: So I, I guess where the difficulty will come for a lot of employers is, is extending that apprenticeship kind of environment to cover the T levels. And I guess that's where you and and the IMACE are are trying to ease the way a little bit for, for employers. Yes, exactly. And and
1: we recognize that they also need to have the resource to support this as well. So we want to make it as easy as possible and providing as much information and, and as many kind of tools to make this work as, as easily for them as we can.
0: Yeah. Do you think that this is going to bring a lot of benefits to the engineering community and to industry what kind of benefits will they get from having these T-level students on board? Well
1: I think like I've said before it's kind of a, an extended interview um, and it's <laughs> um, you, you kind of get the first dibs at these young people they, they'll they be based at local colleges so they'll be based in the local areas I think we we still need to do some work to understand what this means for sort of rural colleges and things as well but yeah. um, for those who, who are based around industry I think this is kind of a game way to the the employment for for their businesses the other real benefit is these qualifications have been developed with employers they've tried to make it as relevant for industry as possible with the guidance as as we have done with sort of trailblazers in the past as well when it came to apprenticeships this have been developed with a job in mind at the end of it yeah. um so so this this gives them sort of the the entrance to that um and i think also the fact that there is flexibility in the T level as well these qualifications are sort of the same level as in the, an A level as well so if yeah. a learner was to choose to go on to university that's also a viable route for them um so they're not confined um so early to to the decision of an apprenticeship or or higher education
0: yeah that that gives them the the opportunity to sort of flip and go the the academic route if they choose to or go into the world of work and and kind of bridges that space i suppose doesn't it it's great to hear that employers have been involved in the process of creating these and that's something i think the industry have been asking for for a really long time isn't it in terms of ensuring that the young people that are coming into the industry are, are actually learning the things that industry want. And that's been a big debate for a long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't stop here as well. So there's still City and Guilds who have developed the, the qualification are always looking for opportunities to engage with with industry in on, on a continual basis. So reviewing the assessment to make sure that's also relevant for for industry. Um, and also they have uh, employer groups um, where the employers can actually get together to discuss the issues that they have with the T-level or they can sort of talk to providers as well. So there is always that collaborative space available for industry to use this as as a way to influence the, the course as well.
0: Yeah, that, that's really great to hear that bringing those sort of disparate uh, relationship together, finally, I think is going to make a lot of difference to industry. Where can our listeners access information about the T-levels and, and what help and support is the IMechE providing, particularly to employers?
1: Well, actually... The success or failure of the T-Level is really dependent on industry engagement. Um, so we're trying to do everything we can to to ensure that industry have all the tools to make this work. So there's lots of information on the Department for Education website on T-Levels. City and Guilds who have developed the qualification also have a lot of information on T-Levels. But obviously they don't um, provide the placement Information um, and yeah. there is also space being developed on the Royal Academy website, which we'll, we'll provide the link to again, and that again will provide information about uh, what what T level placement opportunities should look like um, and how industry can set themselves up to provide the placements and, and what they can do with that as well. As we said, this is an ongoing conversation, so it doesn't stop there. The Gatsby Foundation have also realised that this is this is a real gap. So they have advocates who will be working with industry to remove all the barriers that we've identified uh, for the T-level as well. So I'll be hosting some roundtables and bringing in these advocates to Make sure that all of our, all the employers we represent as the key have an opportunity to air their frustrations and also be given some solutions to solve these issues as well. So this is a, this is really the start of an ongoing conversation with the employers we represent at key to make sure that this works for engineering. As we say, the BTEC has been removed, so we need to make sure that whatever it's been replaced with, we don't suffer a skills shortage as a result yeah. of this route not taking root.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point to make. And and it's it's really great to hear that the institution is advocating for the T levels and also advocating for the employers as well to ensure that they get the support that they need and that they're not left behind as the government kind of strategize over this in, in the coming years. So it's it's really good to to hear that you're directly involved with that Lydia and and that you're driving this forward yeah thanks and this is exactly what
1: the institution exists for we are there to create those spaces where industry and government and policy can come together to make sure that everything works for engineering and we continue to have a strong pipeline of engineers and a strong workforce going forward
0: Lydia it's always a pleasure to talk to you thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today thanks Helen take care Andrew, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Now, I said in my introduction that you were one of 78 experts chosen to be part of the employer-led panels who helped shape the T levels back in 2018. You sat on the engineering, maintenance, installation and repair panel. In those initial stages of development, what were your key drivers that you were hoping the panel would embed into the T levels? And what improvements on existing vocational training were you looking to make?
2: The idea is to get somebody who is who's completing the programme following the course actually have a wide range of skills. To yeah. so have a range of skills that can transfer between industry sectors, uh, for instance, between uh, motor vehicle maintenance and uh, factory maintenance. And to, to cover these skills in a detailed Way
0: So when you sort of were first laying out those ground rules, what were you kind of hoping that the the students would gain from doing this kind of vocational training?
2: Well, the idea was to make it as realistic and real life as possible and to try and uh, work out what was needed for industry and to meet industry demands and also for, for the students when they went into industry to know what to expect. Yeah. Because a lot of, a lot of work and starting work is about understanding expectations. <laughs> yeah, of course. And um, the uh, material that we covered, the topics that we covered, uh, are were to be embedded within the T-levels, uh, were to actually prepare the student into understanding what, what went on, whether it was working in the garage, working in the factory, or, or, or working as a an installation engineer, putting up uh, street lighting, for instance, yes. to, to actually understand what is what is needed and and what the uh, what the different skills are, and to understand what actually goes on in industry, in the engineering industry, in the, in in the widest sense
0: yeah really getting them prepared for that work environment which is is so different i mean when you come out of university for example it's almost like dropping off a cliff isn't it you 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 you've not had that experience of going into industry unless you've done an industrial placement but i guess the idea of preparing these youngsters early on gives them that confidence as well to be in that environment right from day one and and to be able to face the challenges that uh, that Work brings to them.
2: Well, that, that's right, and I mean, I I always say to my students, and I say, you know, and I have done uh, throughout the years. You need three things when you when you leave college. You need to pass your diploma, certificate, degree, whatever it is, because that's that's the passport too for opening the door. You also need to have some experience of what it's like working in industry, because. Otherwise, you go in and you can make mistakes and kill people even by um, yep. not, not, not doing the right thing. You need, you need to know about that. And it's not about health and safety. It's about knowing what, what actually goes on. And the other thing that you need is a skill. And a, a skill can mean quite a lot of different things. It's not necessarily a, a physical skill, but mental skills and skills in being able to deal with uh, situations and deal with people is just as important. The idea of the T-level, from my view, is that the T-level gives a student and a student who participates these three skills. It will give them an insight into industry. It will give them a, a technical knowledge it will allow them to develop a skill in the particular area that they're interested in, as well as giving them the certificate that says they know about the the job they've they've, they've passed it. They're at that level of uh, of learning.
0: Yeah, yeah, that level of recognition to to their peers and and obviously to pr- future employers as well. Yeah. Now th- the first T levels began being taught in 2020 with the three engineering T-levels starting last September, I think it was. Yes. Now, I appreciate there's only been about nine months of the sort of two-year training program that the the students will be going through, but how, in your opinion, are they going? And was there a, a, a good initial take-up by students uh, for the T-level?
2: I think we're at a very, very early stage. and We're at a very early stage cool. that people don't actually understand what they are and therefore very few people are buying into it at the moment. Right. And, you know, one of the reasons for for, for doing this interview is to try and get the message over that people really ought ought to have a look at it and start, start making it to happen. Yeah. The, it, it's a sea change, which is the situation. The T-levels came about partially from... From the, um, the Sainsbury research, the Sainsbury Commission went to a number of colleges in Europe to find out how they interact with industry. I've been to some of the same colleges right. and find out what goes on. What you get is you get a close relationship in, um, in European countries between the employer and the college and the student and the parents of the student okay. you get you get a much more detailed and um and caring relationship right. and one of the things that we need to develop as an industry as a, as engineers is is actually this attitude which is very european but perhaps alien to some uh, to some uk companies <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think the, there's always been quite a delineation, hasn't there, between yes. the education, the industry, and 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 also, I guess, the, the family unit, as you've unit. described it as well. And and what we need is is a much more closer relationship, or almost a, a triumvirate between those groups, so that the student who is in the centre of that has has kind of a three hundred and sixty view of of what their life and career is going to be like. I, I guess
2: and they're all, they're all, they're all talking from the from the same m sheet as it were they they they're all they're all saying the same thing not just after individual requirements yeah. it's quite interesting that, that some of the european and some of the japanese companies who, who work in uh, operate in the uk do have this attitude towards colleges and students and parents right and they work together i i've got particular um, particular case that I know of involving Leonardo, the Leonardo managers are really keen to ensure that their apprentices enjoy doing what they're doing and, and be good at it. I think that's that's one of the things that there's a chunk of it about enjoying work and seeing work as part of life, not just something that you do to make money.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very good point, point. and uh, I, I know that Leonardo particularly have, have been very active in in our uh, automation challenge at yes. the IMACI and encourage their their apprentices to come on that. So it's nice to hear what you're saying there that as a company they're they're really setting a, an example of how that relationship with their young workforce can be, can be grown as a family uh, environment to ensure that they're well prepared for work later in life. So that's, that's really nice to hear.
2: Yes, I, th- I think it is a, a the, the word families. I think very important, and I think the word families is very important in engineering. Yeah, and I think that this is one thing that us as IMACI need to develop. We need to develop the key as a as a family. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely.
2: Not not just an institution that that you go to occasionally or um, listen to uh, occasionally. It, it has to be something that is um, family.
0: Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I absolutely agree with that because to me, it always has been home. Uh, So so yeah, we need to make it more like that for for many other members, and particularly the young next generation of engineers who are coming into the profession.
2: Just on the, on that front, the next generation. One of the problems with the um, with, with that situation that that we've got is that a lot of the youngsters who are now coming into engineering, and and I am teaching some of them, is that they've missed two years of schooling. They've missed they've missed a big chunk and a big chunk at a very developmental point in their lives, and therefore at the moment we we need to be particularly careful and it's great it's going to take 15 years it's going to take it's going to take a generation before the effects of covid disappear yeah. in the same way that it took it took a generation before the effects of world war 2 disappeared
0: yeah the the young people have been significantly affected not just academically but but developmentally uh, as well, and it is going to take some time for that ripple to peter out, I suppose.
2: Yeah, um, in the same way, it took, it took up to the 1960s to so the effect of the war in the 40s to go, as it were.
0: Yeah.
2: So I... I'm sort of um, really keen to see what's going to happen in about fifteen years' time. You know, when we've uh, taken the next generation through.
0: Yeah, yeah, that will be very interesting. It, it was a bit of an awkward question, really, wasn't it? Because, we, uh, as I said, we're we're only nine months into what is a two-year training program. I guess it's going to take time for the the word to get out about T levels and for also young people to kind of feel engaged with it following COVID and and get them involved. So. I, I guess it's a, a wait and see situation isn't it right It's now? a wait
2: and see situation but I hope that um the, the IMCA and the IMCA ambassadors and so on will take this on board and um accelerate it. I think it needs it, it needs to accelerate not just to uh, sit there waiting for it to um happen or hatch out or whatever set of words you want to use for that one
0: absolutely and that's why we're doing this podcast this today to, this to, raise, yeah, <laughs> to raise that profile and and to to ensure that people have an understanding across our members of, of the value and importance of this vocational qualification Andrew let's talk a little bit about industry's involvement in the t-levels How has the engineering community greeted the introduction of this new vocational training? And and do you think they've got a good understanding of its benefits over, say, the the old BTEC qualifications?
2: This, uh, this again, is something that is taking its time because... Industry at the moment is fighting um, on a number of fronts, including the uh, raising costs of money, the the inflation rates that we've got. And um, business managers have a lot of things to worry about other than changes in education. Yeah, The BTEC is a a known and trusted uh, environment, but they have just started to change their qualifications and started to change what they're doing and how they're doing it. And my advice to any employer who might be listening to me at the moment is grab hold of T-Levels and lead it. Do it. Make it your own. Because you you can bend and shape T levels, which you can't with BTEC. BTEC has a set uh, a number of set criteria, and they they're fixed and they're not necessarily related to your industry. Whereas the idea of T levels is that the local college will work with you, uh, and then you can relate them to uh, t- to your specific needs right. rather than uh, rather than general needs. The greater number of engineers in across the UK work at level three. Okay, so therefore. The T level offers you to be able to train specifically for your your work for your workforce,
0: and and w- was that a a key factor then? Uh, going back to what we were saying before, in in making sure that they were flexible enough for any industry to adopt, rather than a much more regimented structure that the the traditional BTECs have offered over the years, was yeah, that a, th- kind of a key focus for you?
2: Yes, that, that that was that was the idea that um, you might get a student who comes into it with the mindset of I want to do this uh, because of their limited amount of knowledge from school, and the idea was it would cover a wide range. So any point during the um, that time or after the apprenticeship, they could in actual fact move and move move round and make. Make it their own to suit what they needed to do. Right. The same thing applies to the employer, of course. It gives the employer a, a wider choice in all the T-level students are at a particular level, uh, but also the delivery of it is is malleable. It can be hammered into shape the shape that you want it to be. I think that that is an important feature of it
0: yeah, that sounds certainly to be able to uh, mold it around the, the the student themselves because some some learn faster than others some take their time and and need to be guided in different ways so for the employer to be able to cater for that by, by having a flexible way of training sounds like a, a really good way forward. So it, it sounds like the sort of thing that certainly industry definitely needs to be adopting. This yeah. is going to be a great way forward for them to to create the workforce that they actually want for the first time. Yes.
2: Yeah, I, I think it also, it also opens up a, a bigger pool uh, because the requirement to be awarded at level is the achievement of maths and English. At GCSE or level two functional skills, right. Whereas a BTEC level three requires that as an entry requirement. Ah, uh, okay. But it it doesn't make any difference on the outcomes because the, out, the outcome level is is the same. Yeah. It offers uh, employers and it offers the, uh, the the students a wider range of of opportunities. Not all students develop at the same rate. Writing reports and that kind of thing will therefore then help with. Um, GCSE or functional skills results because they're actually doing it and they're doing what they need to do not just doing something doing academic criteria and academic measurement point
0: yeah that is a very good point it, it's obviously, it's going to take some time for these T-levels to find their place in the existing education and training routes for engineers. But what effect will the T-level introduction have on routes to things like chartership, for example? And I'm particularly thinking of the EngTech. And how have the engineering accreditation bodies responded to the T-levels so far?
2: They haven't, have they? This is, this is one of the problems, that they haven't. Right. One of the things that the imec need to do is, is actually work with engineering council and get the t-levels accepted as an age tech ready qualification right so somebody who completes the t-levels and then completes a period of of time in work in in, in a company will then be readily able to register as age tech one of the problems i think that that we have not just with the IMAKE but with all the other institutions, is that they tend to focus on chartered engineers and they tend to focus on graduates. Yeah. Whereas the bulk of the workforce in engineering is at level three, with quite a number at of- at a lower level than that. It's what, what what you need to do to be able to do your job. And yeah. not everybody wants to be a chartered engineer.
0: Of course. Yeah. I mean and we wouldn't have the diverse workforce that we yeah. have if if we didn't ensure that people were recognized for the level of input into into a, a piece of work.
2: That's right. That's right. We 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 need to take the, the um the sort of stigma out of it. We we need to accept people's skills for what they are rather than um this uh, mythical uh, chartered engineer status.
0: <laughs> yeah. I,
2: <laughs> of which I so, am one.
0: <laughs> well, and me too. But when when I was coming through, that was what you aimed for. There wasn't the EngTech, you know? no. Yeah, yeah. And I was driven very much towards university and, had I the opportunity to do it again, Andrew, I think I probably would have gone the apprenticeship route because it would have suited my skill set much better. I'm a much more practical person, like getting my hands dirty. <laughs> but that was the route that was offered. And I think that there is some work for us to do then in what you're saying is to to raise the profile much more of the EngTech, to recognize it as being you, you know, the direction that many young engineers want to travel and and we shouldn't be afraid of promoting that and uh, and engaging the wider engineering community with that.
2: Absolutely, Th- that is just what the uh, the T level should be doing. We need the support of of IMEC EM ambassadors to actually promote this. And uh, one of the things that we that we need to promote is that ambassadors work with companies and work with colleges and work with students and act as a act as an intermediary, a go between, uh, and develop this. Um, this skilled workforce and develop people who can actually do the job.
0: So today on our show we need to be encouraging our members to take up the opportunity to be ambassadors for the T-level and to get out there and talk about it and share it with the wider community so that we can encourage more young engineers into the profession most definitely. Yes please. (laughs) Clearly as I've said you know, we're still in the early days of this qualification. But what are your hopes, having spent all that time on that expert board, developing the content, talking about what this should all be for students? What are your hopes for, for the future in, say, sort of five, ten years down the road? And, and what difference could Taking this qualification make to the engineering workforce as a whole, and the opportunities that it might give to young people, you've kind of touched on that a little bit. But I wanted to kind of think how you felt about the the future of this particular qualification.
2: It is wide open, and that we in actual fact ought to be using this qualification. And um, um, this qualification doesn't just apply to engineering; it applies to all all the other. Uh, Sectors as well, sure. and that is something that that we ought to remember. And we also ought to remember that some of the sectors are very similar to, uh, very similar in content to ours. So there yeah. needs to be some mixing, matching, some interchanging, some ladder ladders of uh, development going on. What I particularly like to see is that we we have young people who do the T level going going to uh, industry, become engineers, that then maybe when they're a little bit older. Think, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Where do I want to be when I'm 40? Yeah. And, and be able to move the, their career around based on the uh, based on the T level, and the T level opening you know, up possibilities of higher education in different uh, in different areas. Because in in reality, whichever way you look at it, the T level is equivalent to three A levels, yeah. and and they sh- therefore should give admittance to any uh, undergraduate course. And that's what I would like to see. I would like to see people coming through, working, doing what they want, and then, which is quite normal in uh, in Germany and France, to to actually at the in your mid twenties to actually change career or to develop career or go back to university not just something that is there for 18 to 21 year olds i
0: think uh, i think you're right i mean the the next generation of young people and we were already seeing that we're not we're not retiring at 65 anymore we are continuing to work and so that means Throughout our working lives, we're going to be changing roles and and routes into work and and even professions completely. You know, some people are retraining to do other things. And I think we have to be prepared for that, don't we, in terms of having this kind of flexible training which enables people to to move across different parts of the profession and learn new skills and bring those into the engineering environment together. Yes. So, so this, this sounds like a, a great opportunity for young people in the future to, to have those multiple career opportunities throughout their working life, whether they choose to go into academia and study more, whether they go and develop their career in in industry itself. That's
2: right. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm completely... I'm completely with that one because this is exactly what I did. You know, I served one apprenticeship, then went to university at, at the age of 30, then went back uh, much later to do my master's degree. Yeah. Uh, and at the moment, I'm working on a PhD, so...
0: Yeah, it's it's wherever it comes in life and those opportunities, you you don't know where your career will take you. And I think, no, no, to no. my mind, Andrew, that's what makes engineering so exciting.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah it's it's those opportunities that you just don't expect and having those qualifications as a as a platform to move your career forward is is really what it's all about and that's why engineering is so great yeah absolutely (laughs) Andrew thank you so much for joining me today and giving your take on what the t-levels are going to be offering to young people in the future it's been a real pleasure to talk to you thank you
2: Thank you very much for talking to me.
0: That's all for this month. In next month's show, we will be coming live from Formula Student at Silverstone Park on the 20th of July at 2pm. The FS event celebrates its 25th anniversary this year and teams will be travelling from all over the world to take part in this prestigious competition to showcase their engineering skills. There will be the usual combustion engine cars, as well as the electric vehicles competition and self-driving car challenge. If you would like to tune in and listen to the show live, then just download our Podbean app at imache.org forward slash Through the app, you can dial in to chat to me and my guests on the show, give a shout-out to your favourite team or even tell us about your experiences of taking part in Formula Student in the last 25 years. We even have some goodies to give away. You can find the link to the download in the show notes. You've been listening to Impulse to Innovation, the Institution of Mechanical Engineers podcast. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to share any news or any feedback with us, then please email us, podcast at iMakey.org. All the information on this episode can be found in the episode notes.